Well, hey, all you wiretappers out there, and especially you guys down under. And I've been getting, I've been getting some comments about wanting more stuff from Australia and down under. And I rehashed uh, an Australian piece I did on the Camorra in Australia and all the narcotics, especially marijuana that they were involved in. But, but I already put that one out. I don't know, a couple of years ago, maybe I did that with Cam. But here's one on New Zealand now. <laughs> I was saying, I made a comment on YouTube that, oh, I'm going to try to work on something on Nettie Smith. And I'm still working on Nettie Smith, you Aussie guys. Uh, a little more to it with that Roger Richardson, uh, that the crooked policeman that was involved. So that's, uh, I've got a book on it. It's a, a pretty interesting book and a pretty interesting story. So just hang tight, but but I, I'm just doing a really quick overview of down in New Zealand. So, you know, I never figured any New Zealand crime, organized crime in New Zealand. I just think you go down there and you go kayaking and hiking in the mountains and bicycling and breathe the clean air and see all the, the beautiful uh, uh fjords or i guess that's up in uh, scandinavia but all the beautiful outdoor scenery that you have in new zealand i'd love to go there just i don't know if i'm up for for flying for 18 hours to get someplace at this point in my life anyhow but in new zealand there's there's gangs in new zealand uh, uh not really i couldn't i'm not really finding any mafia but i imagine there's some sicilian influence there of some kind but uh, there are a variety of different gangs in New Zealand, primarily outlaw motorcycle gangs and some gangs based on their ethnicity. There was a chapter of the Hells Angels that was formed in Auckland in 1961. It was the first Hells Angels chapter outside the United States. Now that's kind of, I don't know, I, I never thought about that. What was the first one? I would have bet the Netherlands because they have a big motorcycle gang presence in the Netherlands. Uh, the mongrel mob formed in Hastings and Wellington, New Zealand, and uh, they developed into a predominantly native or, or Pacific Islander gang. The Maori uh, is the name of what would be the indigenous people in uh, uh, New Zealand, I believe. It has the the mongrel has the largest membership in the country. But throughout the 60s and 70s, other motorcycle clubs and the Hells Angels being one of them and other uh, gangs based on ethnicity have developed. Uh, there's one called the Black Power Gang, which is not really connected to African-American movement in the United States or or Black Lives Matter or anything like that. But they've grown quite a little bit, too. Uh, the, uh, here's a quick list that I found online of different motorcycle gangs in and different gangs in New Zealand. There's Black Power, as I mentioned. There's the Nomads. There's the Headhunters Motorcycle Club. There's the King Cobras. The Bandidos Motorcycle Club has uh, an operation over there. The Hells Angels Motorcycle Club. One called the Highway 61 Motorcycle Club. Now, I don't know the Mongrel Mob. Uh, I don't know that Highway 61. Well, we've got Highway 61 revisited with a Bob Dylan album and Highway 61 is the highway that goes south out of Memphis down into Mississippi into the, the blues country. I don't know if it has anything to do with that or not. If any New Zealander guys out there uh, have any uh, uh, other information on that, why make a comment when you see this on YouTube. The Rebels Motorcycle Club, the Road Knights Motorcycle Club, the Rock Machine Motorcycle Club, the Tribesman Motorcycle Club, the Killer Bees, that's B-E-E-Z, and and the red devil so you know they've got a lot of you know and i think they got a lot of motorcycle clubs 
because you could probably ride a motorcycle most of the year, except maybe up in the mountains or something. But I, I, I got a feeling as long as you're close to the ocean, you can ride a motorcycle 12 months out of the year and, and not freeze your butt off. It may not be, you know, warm as, as Missouri in, in July, but I think it never gets real cold. So correct me if I'm wrong on that. Now, the New Zealand police have distinguished between New Zealand gangs, which are primarily Maori or Pacific Islanders, and then outlaw motorcycle gangs and local street gangs. So let's talk about the local street gangs for just a minute. New Zealand's had street gangs, youth gangs since the 1950s. I think every, you know, any place in the United States, practically, they have some kind of you know, youth gangs, street gangs, young men, they get together. Uh, they established gangs by the 1970s with the Black Power Gang, the Mongrel Mob, the Headhunters, the Stormtroopers. And, and some of them even had friends in high places with uh, supposedly some of these Black Power people were partying with their prime minister, your prime minister, Robert Muldoon. I, I didn't see anything more about that. That was back in the 70s. And the Wellington mayor, Michael Fowler, uh, was uh, bailed a bunch of them out, a bunch of the mongrel mob out at one point in time. So they're they're like, you know, maybe like the mafia a little bit. They like to keep some connections to politicians. Now, the police have said the three most prominent, what they call New Zealand gangs are Black Power, the mongrel mob, and the nomads. That's as of 2007. Some of the more recent street gangs or more local street gangs in 2007, 2010 were the Junior Don Kings and the Dope Money Sex of Auckland. Yeah, that's a DMS, Dope Money Sex. I mean, when you're a teenage boy, what more do you want? Dope Money and Sex. Uh, the gangsta style gangs, which is probably Dope Money and Sex is one of them, uh, have been around and usually don't, they kind of come and go. I know when we first got into gangs here in Kansas City and the, after all the big, the Crips and the blood started getting press and out in California and started having graffiti. And we, we found out in the seventies about how they were marking their territory. Well, then we started seeing these different things show up, these different, uh, look like gang affiliations. And then somebody would X room and, and as we really got into it, we found that lots of times these kids just be like, you know, one kid would create his little gang, a little, you know, like the 63rd Street Crips or the 59th Street Dogs and, and things like that. Or maybe two or three, you know, 12, 13 year old boys would then they go around and graffiti all over the place. look like they had a big presence when they really didn't when you really got into it, you know, in Kansas City and, and really the other cities. It, it all forms around narcotics. Somebody that gets a good narcotics operation going, they have a good connections to get, to get some substantial amount of, of cocaine or even marijuana or, or, you know, heroin or all three, and then set up an organization. Then they, now the early ones was the Purple Gang here in Kansas City and the 31st Street Gang, but they were all, these were just gangs set up around distributing uh, narcotics or distributing narcotics. So, uh, you know, sometimes we, we talk about something being a gang and it's not really a gang. You have to really look into it a lot closer. Uh, and there's a lot of motorcycle gangs there and motorcycle gangs can be including black motorcycle gangs and, and uh, the more recent gangs have been influenced by the 
African American street gangs like the Crips and the Bloods. That that whole that seems that Crips and the Bloods, the Red and the Blue, that seems to have gotten somehow into the the uh, the psyche of, of almost the world, where uh, you know it becomes cool to be a Crip or a Blood. I you know I don't really get it, but. I don't live that life and I've lived on, you know, I grew up in a small town. So what do I know about having a street gang? We never had any gangs in our town, two guys that hang together and, and maybe get in a fight together, but that would be about it. Now, as far as gang prevention activity in, in New Zealand, uh, some of the politicians over there, some of your guys, politicians even went so far as to, to try to have gang patches being made illegal. I don't know if you can get that or get done, but some of them did it. Uh, city council in, in one of the districts voted to make any gang patches illegal. Can you imagine that? The Hells Angels driving down through a, a rural county out here, <laughs> going across country, and, and the local sheriff would pull them over and, and arrest everyone for wearing their colors and, and taking their colors away from them. That would be interesting. <laughs> you better call in for reserves, probably, because these guys, like, they'll die for their colors. It's, it's kind of crazy, but they will. They'll they'll die for their colors. Um but that ended up being overturned, and guess why? Because the Hell's Angels, <laughs> which is a much highly organized institution throughout the whole world, and and so the Hell's Angels got into it. Somebody financed the lawyers, and 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 they got that particular uh, whatever they call it, the local ordinance or whatever they called it overturned. They tried again to ban gang patches from particular areas like central malls and uh, parks where young people would hang out and and keep them from being, you know, be illegal to put a, uh, an extra law to graffiti, some kind of gang affiliation on a building and just trying everything they can. And of course, police liked it. Uh, some people says it was racist against the indigenous people, the Maori. Uh, it ended up being passed uh, and called the Prohibition of Gang Insignia in government premises and, and it's and it's still in force there today and I, i'm not sure exactly what that means I, I got a feeling that means that you can't you can't write that on a government building or you can't wear that into a, those uh, gang affiliation things into a government building which you know you go in you you like got a case and there's going to be a witness against you and you got all these guys show up with their their uh cup line their colors in a, in a courtroom was well, pretty intimidating so I, I imagine that's why they did that now if you look at incarcerations in new zealand i've reading up on that because that's a place to look i know in in, in the united states you can look at the prisons and this, the Los Angeles County jail was one of the first places to look where they had, you start realizing that the jailers were, were segregating people by gang affiliation because they would get in fights with each other just because of their gang affiliation. And so we started looking at the incarcerations in New Zealand and found that, yeah, there's more and more gangs and, and, uh, Gang membership was going up all the time, and, and uh, they were starting to identify themselves within the prison. And, and of course, now we have this phenomenon called prison gangs in the United States. And it's probably this was developing into uh, prison gang kind of things. And and you know, they kept looking, looking as they studied in two thousand and three. 
they found that about 11% of prison inmates were gang members. 35% of that 11% were mongrel mob and 33% were black power. So there you got, you know, it's going to extrapolate that out into the larger population. It's going to be primarily mongrel mob and black power uh, gangs in New Zealand. Now that's only 11% in 2003, but by 2013, 10 years later, they're up to 30% of the inmates and 10% of New Zealand prisoners were mongrel mob members. So mongrel mob maybe is backing off a little bit. Other gangs are, are expanding, but they certainly are getting more and more gang affiliates in penitentiaries. If they get up to 30%, that's a raise of 20% in, in 10 years. Get a little more up to date. In 2019, the police in New Zealand recorded 6,500 or a little more than 6,500 hats wearing or prospective gang members in the country. And they, so they have prospects and they have the, the color wearers. So everything is really based off of this motorcycle gang thing. I'm still, I wasn't finding anything about La Cosa Nostra, a Camorra, Drangheta, uh, anything about that. It's all based off of motorcycle gangs, a little bit off of like Bloods and Crips, but mainly motorcycle gangs. And the 10 main gangs in 2019 were the Headhunters, the Banditos, the Hells Angels, something called the King Cobras, Black Power, Mongrel Mob, Tribesmen, Rebels, Devil's Henchmen, and Highway 61, they got some names there, don't they? The devil's henchman. That'll be a devil's henchman. <laughs> 2021, now we're up to 8,000 patch-wearing members, up from 6,500 in just a couple of years. Uh, might be, you know, you never know. That Sometimes that's from greater police enforcement, more zealous police activity in the area of gangs, or maybe there is more. It's kind of hard to tell, but definitely a lot more you know, the last 20 years, but, you know, it's like that worldwide, uh, this gang phenomenon, I think, because the media, everybody wants to be, it seemed like, I bet, to third world countries, it seems like probably the United States, the Bloods and the Crips are like, you know, like have all this power and this big gang, when in fact, there is no single Bloods gang, there is no single Crips gang, there's just a lot of kids out there in what we call sets, and, and a set is just like a bunch of local guys that hang out together that some of them want to be Crips and some of them want to be Bloods. And, and there's not, it's not like the mob, uh, the, La Cosa Nostra at, at all. Uh, everybody is every man for himself when it comes down to it, except for like a few small little inner circle of each one of these gangs where guys are basically grew up in the neighborhood, grew up on the block together. And I don't know, I, I imagine it's about like this in, in New Zealand. A little bit about each individual gang as Black Power Gang was formed in 1970 in Wellington, uh, was once called the Black Bulls, and its membership is primarily Maori or Pacific Islander people. Uh, they're involved in all kinds of different crimes, but particular drug dealing. As I said, if you got a gang, you're going to deal drugs. Or if you've got a drug dealing operation, you're probably going to end up being called a gang because uh, it's just, you know, it's set up for organization. You have to have organization. It's got uh, uh, a symbol. Uh, somebody has read their history from <laughs> the United States in the 60s. Uh, the clenched fist, uh, a black clenched fence is the uh, black power insignia. Their colors are blue and black, of course. 
the nomads, they're just, you know, nomads split off from the black power. And, you know, we got the nomads going to be another motorcycle gang, the headhunters motorcycle club. Uh, now this is supposedly the fastest growing motorcycle club in, in New Zealand. They've got chapters in West Auckland, uh, Wellsford, Northland and, and Wellington and Christchurch and, said that they're what they call patching over. I don't know if you've heard that or not, but if you bring another small gang into you and your gang and you don't, they don't have to go back through being a prospect. It's kind of like a lateral transfer between police departments. They patch over and they're patching over the epitaph writers. And I don't know anything about the epitaph writers. It must be a small gang that, that decided it was easier to patch over and, and be part of the uh, headhunters motorcycle club. Another uh, another interesting thing is in 2011, there was a Sinn Féin motorcycle club in Wellington, and they all patched over the Headhunters Motorcycle Club. I'm not sure what's going on with these Headhunters. They seem to be growing. Sinn Féin, which is interesting, S-I-N-N-F-E-I-N, that was the name of the political arm in Ireland of the IRA. So they were like a Sinn Féin uh, political party in, in Northern Ireland today, I believe. I don't know. One called the King Cobras, and it's a central Auckland's gang. Its origins were based out of the Polynesian Panthers from the 1970s. Their members are primarily Polynesian guys, uh, but not totally exclusive of all others. The Cobras have links and associations with activity in the far north uh, area of New Zealand and the North Shore, and they've established a presence in the Hutt Valley and Wellington area, and they supposedly have a presence in Christchurch. And now in 2009, it was reported that members of the King Cobras gang had been involved in a multi-million dollar methamphetamine drug ring or a meth gang organized within the Paramoreno, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, Paramoreno prison. I'm sure somebody will correct me on that one. Uh, and were obviously involved with another drug ring with the headhunters. So the King Crobers and the headhunters have kind of gotten together in the past to maintain a narcotics operation. Uh, Cobras maintain a headquarters in Pornsby. Uh, and supposedly they're sometime in the last couple of years, they've moved. It's kind of hard to, you know, it's, it's hard to keep up with the, the latest on these things. The Banditos Motorcycle Club, like the Banditos in the United States, uh, it's part of a worldwide motorcycle club. They're all over the United States. They set up in South Auckland. Uh, they had a second chapter in Christchurch for you guys that live in Christchurch. Uh, they have prospect chapters in Dunedin and Inverkill. So they're going to be doing what banditos do, mainly hang out at the clubhouse and party and drink. And, and if you got strip clubs over there, I didn't find out anything about this, but I didn't really go way deep into it. Oh, maybe find some case to go into and get a little deeper into New Zealand here in the future. More than likely, motorcycle clubs like the Hells Angels and the uh, banditos, traditionally, they will be involved with strip clubs in some manner. They'll find girls that are attracted to them that also will be strippers, and they'll they'll provide girls for strip clubs and, and provide, uh, you know, lots of times bouncer jobs and, and uh, protection for strip clubs, and, as well as narcotics, of course. They've 
traditionally always been involved with with crystal meth in the United States, but all kinds of narcotics. Now, the Hells Angels over there, uh, they've had a chapter in Auckland since 1961. They've taken other other gangs over in New Zealand. And, and uh, like I said, New Zealand had the first chapter of the Hells Angels outside the U.S., they once tried in 2011, I read this little blurb that, that they tried to register a lottery, tried to create their own lottery. Then it shut down. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if, I don't think it's still going. Um, they, they closed down another uh, motorcycle club and, and took them over the lost breed motorcycle club sometime in the last, I don't know, five or six years. There's the uh, Highway 61. I'm curious about that name, Highway 61 Motorcycle Club. Anybody out there knows kind of the, the origin of that? Is there a Highway 61 in, in New Zealand? Uh, a really famous highway here in the United States is 61. I've driven it myself down out of Memphis, uh, Clarksdale, Mississippi. It was founded in 1968 and is supposedly is the largest outlaw motorcycle club in New Zealand for the 80s and 90s. And, on up into the 2000s, they've got chapters in Auckland, Hastings, and Rotura, Northland, Wellington, Christchurch, uh, kind of all the major uh, cities there. I say major cities. Uh, they've even expanded supposedly over to Brisbane and Sydney and, and over into Eastern Australia. And these guys, uh, the uh, Highway 61, have European uh, ethnic uh, white guys. Uh, uh, as members and as well as Maoris. Uh, so they're kind of uh, an ecumenical motorcycle club, if you will. They're not quite so tribal. The mongrel mob, which we talked about a little bit ago, we got the mongrels in, in the United States, but mongrel mob organized in Hastings and Wellington in the early 60s. Uh, they're mainly consisted of Maori and Pacific Islander guys. Uh, they're rivals to the Black Power Motorcycle Club, of course, because they're both primarily have Maori and Pacific Islanders. Uh, they've been active in, in different kinds of, of organized criminal behavior, especially, of course, narcotics. They connected them up with several murders. They have a, a symbol. It's a bulldog wearing a German helmet. And they make use of a lot of other Nazi imagery. Uh, their colors are red and black. And the Mongol mob, I think I said this before, are currently the largest gang in New Zealand. At the Rebels Motorcycle Club, there's a group here called the Black Rebels Motorcycle Gang or something like that. Kind of a uh, rock and roll group, a small rock and roll group. But anyhow, they got the Rebels Motorcycle Club. This came, uh, the, the Rebels Motorcycle Club came out of Australia. It was an Australian motorcycle club, and they established a presence in New Zealand in, in uh, 2011. They've been seen around the island wearing their patch, uh, especially throughout the North Island. So they're, but they're not real high profile. There's motorcycle clubs riding around flying colors. They have to be careful where they are. Somebody be pulling them over and trying to take the colors off of them and beat them up. The Road Knights Motorcycle Club, well, that's an interesting title. We have the Blue Knights Police Motorcycle Club that, that uh, goes around the country and, and uh, does uh, what they call uh, do patriot rides back to Washington, D.C. and things like that. But anyhow, the Road, Knight, the Road Knights Motorcycle Club operates in the South Island. Uh, they're in uh, Timaru and Dunedin. The Tribesman Motorcycle Club, it was... Primarily Maori 
people uh, formed this motorcycle club in Otara. Uh, they have a presence in South Auckland and Rotania and Murapara. They're rivals with the mongrels. Probably the mongrels are rival with their rivals with everybody. Now, this next one, that's an interesting name. The killer bees, B-E-E-Z. Uh, the tribesmen have a feeder youth gang called the killer bees. The killer bees is a youth street gang, uh, sometimes called the killer bees, B-E-E-S, or the killer bees with a Z. And there's also there's a reference to a hip hop group called the Killer Bees, and there's and somehow it's some connected to this Wu Tang Clan thing, I, which they wear yellow and black. I don't know, like bees, you know, yellow and black. I don't know. It's kind of hard to keep up with. You can't tell the uh, the players without a scorecard. We're trying to get a scorecard here. They've had some arrests for narcotics. Uh, they have. Uh, been involved with meth, methamphetamine, and conspiracy conspiracy to supply methamphetamine throughout the country and money laundering. They're a little more organized street gang than, than usual. They have something to do with something called the tribesmen, which is a older, larger group of these killabees. Their most senior member is a Villa Lemanu. Um, He's on, he's wanted right now. I don't know if he may have been uh, caught or I don't know what, but it, they've got a wanted boss out there somewhere. They had their own, they had their own, the Killer Bees had their own record label, Colorway Records, and uh, government ended up seizing all the assets. Probably the money they made out of methamphetamine, and they were probably trying to put it into a hip hop group because they have some connection to hip hop music and and had their own label. It's kind of their way of, of going legitimate, I would say. You know, I don't know. It's uh, it's a way out. You know, look at all the things that came out of the prohibition in the United States and and all the uh, illegal money that was made out of booze and, and then put into legitimate business and, and became business leaders later on in their lives, these guys. Finally, last but not least, we have the Red Devils Motorcycle Club. They have a presence in Mount Eden, uh, and they have really strong ties to the Hells Angels. And they have been under attack and kind of fell apart after the cops got after them. They had a series of, of charges against almost all the club members and they, they they were not the charges weren't all that good and they ended up getting dropped but the the cops are all over them uh now supposedly the cops committed in a gross abuse of power uh take going and arrest them with fake arrest warrants i remember guys going in and searching the house with a fake search warrant you just walk up the front door and and oh i fold up a piece of white paper and say i got a search warrant here and they go in and search and and then say, okay, you're pretty lucky. We didn't find anything. Or, oh, yeah, we've got this. But, you know, then you, then you got to go back and figure out how you make it real, make it, make it legitimate. Mainly you just take whatever they had and, and maybe try to turn them as an informant or something like that. Um, but I never heard of a fake arrest warrant. They believe that, uh, that the, uh, some of their chapters have now been taken over by the Hells Angels. So the Hells Angels is is continually going to expand, I believe, in New Zealand uh, and continue to expand. So that's kind of an overview of, of what's going on in New Zealand. And it, like I said, it sounds like a lot of narcotics, 
uh, a lot of motorcycle gangs, a uh, few street gang types, but mainly motorcycle gangs seems to be the way that they're they're forming up in New Zealand. And and I'll get a little more into this. I need to find a good case to get my teeth into. So when you see this, if you're from New Zealand, you know about a good case there. Uh, make some comments and, and after you like and subscribe, of course, uh, make some comments and, and let me know uh, about some names, someplace I can go research to find about a, a good case that's, that's somewhere out there on the Internet or there's been a book about it or something I can find some 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 juicy details about what's going on in New Zealand. So don't forget, guys, I ride a motorcycle. I'm not belong to, I don't belong to one of those motorcycle clubs. I don't belong to any club. I wouldn't belong to any club that have me as a member, I guess, as we like to say. The only club I belong to is my cousin and my brother. <laughs> we got the, the Jenkins Dope Motorcycle Club. <laughs> but watch out for motorcycles. And, uh, you know, I think I mentioned this before. I'm going to go take, I'm going to go to a super bike school in, in Las Vegas next spring. This is going to be cool. It's going to be so much fun. Now, hey, if you uh, were in service or you have a friend or relatives in the service and you have PTSD or they have PTSD or any problems of any kind that, you know, any aberrations, any alcoholism or drug addiction or, you know, problems at work, continually losing your job, just different life problems. And you've been in the service likely, it, it very likely could be from PTSD, from something you've heard or seen or had to do. Uh, connected to your military service and just go to the VA website, find that hotline, give them a call and, and see what kind of help's available out there. Thanks a lot, guys.